Genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 144 of 15 Minutes of Genius. I am your host, Alex Baer, CEO and co-founder of Genius Juice. Uh, We bring on entrepreneurs, we bring on advisors, consultants, a lot of really great people on this program. And today we have someone that I'm a huge, huge fan of her and also her product. Been buying it for years. So I was really happy to know that she is uh, joining us on our show. Um, Before Introducing her, a big plug to Mark Nicholas, Mark Anna, ManhattanBeachStudios.net. There he is, a little bit of lag. Wow, I like that, kind of the fishbowl camera. It's cool. It makes you look super cool. You already look cool, but now you look cooler. And then also, um, yeah, and his assistant's there as well, so his production assistant. There she is, yeah. So right on. She's camera shy. She's like, I'm in the back. I'm going to wait. All right, so uh, anyway, make sure to reach out to him, you know, if you want podcasting, if you want video, audio, camera, um, you know, photography work, he does it all. He's amazing. He has a full studio here in Manhattan Beach, and he's very good at it, so make sure to reach out to him. So our guest, Holly, who is now like my, my new best friend, we chatted for like 15, 20 minutes even before, you know, taping this, she is the founder of Wild Tonic june kombucha which is one of the i think one of the best kombuchas if not the best kombucha on the market so a little bit about the company this is from trusty sponsored by linkedin enjoy the buzz without the sting at wild tonic their compromising uncompromising commitment to quality and unbridled passion for innovation informs all that we all that we brew Their passion for continuous improvement drives their innovative processes, waste reduction efforts, and bee conservation, spelled bee like a a bee. Wild Tonic 5.6% ABV hard hard June kombucha is a rare cousin of kombucha that's fermented with honey until the point of 5.6 alcohol bike volume is reached. So they have their main line for anyone. They also have the 5.6, which is more kind of a a hard kombucha. Really great stuff. Holly, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you doing today, Alex? Doing really good. Doing, we got a full uh, lineup here. Uh, a lot of people don't know that we do literally, I think, four to five tapings within one session. <laughs> so it's like wow. it's like you know, like it's like a marathon in the studio. And uh, you're my <laughs> you're my first guest today, so uh, you lucked out because I have the most energy. You don't want to you don't want to have me interviewing you as like the fifth <laughs> guest. Um, Number one, I'll be acting like an idiot. I won't be genius. I'll be tired. I won't even be listening um, from fatigue. So it's good that you're number one. It's good that you're number one today on the list. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. Um, So for those that don't know, she is an amazing kombucha, wild tonic. It's in a really sexy blue bottle that I think really stands out on the shelf. I thought that was a brilliant marketing move just to really pop compared to all the other kombuchas that are in like the standard glass, you know, um, you know, or healthy, they all like kind of look the same. Yours looks very unique and different in the uh, cobalt blue bottle. So tell us the story of how you actually created Wild Tonic when you entered the market, right? Because kombucha is very competitive. Why do you want to get a piece of the market? And also give us the backstory about the production, how you make the product. So let's, um, let's start there. 
Well, I started the company in 2015 and, you know, it wasn't, um, it was something that just, I stumbled upon. I started fermenting. I started reading the books of Sandor Katz. Um, he wrote a, a, a James Beard award-winning book called The Art of Fermentation. And it just completely captured my imagination because before the advent of refrigeration, all foods were fermented and all of the good bacteria that we're now missing from our diets is in fermented foods. So I'm kind of a health nut. I love anything that um, brings vitality and good energy. Uh, so kombucha was something that I wasn't fond of, but then I stumbled across this rare ferment uh, called Jun, this culture that has such uh, incredible lore around it. They say that it was an elixir for the warriors before they went into battle and just, um, brought enlightenment. So I thought, okay, well, if I brew this and make it available to a lot of people and everybody's energy comes up, it makes the world a lot better place to be in. So that was in a nutshell um, what inspired me to get into fermentation. I actually went to um, Sandor Katz's studio in Backwoods, Tennessee, and he, he said, Holly, I'm going to have to meet you at a coffee shop because I live way off grid. And he wasn't kidding because like 20 minutes driving into the woods, we finally reached his fermentation foundation. And it was just this um, little place tucked away with no electricity and there's ferments everywhere. And I remember being so excited to meet my idol. And I brought him a little sample of wild tonic. And I was like, well, what do you think? What do you think of this ferment? And he said, you know, he, he said, really changed everything for me. He said, Holly, there are no rules in fermentation. And to me, that was, that gave me permission to really push the boundaries of the ferment and, you know, to treat it more like an art form. And so that's what I did. I started fermenting um, beyond just the original Jun kombucha. And for those who don't know what Jun is, it's, um, it's a ferment that's made with green tea and honey versus black tea and sugar. So it's a very different ferment. It's considered the mother of all kombuchas. It's amazing. The flavor profile is a lot more like champagne and it's very um, palatable. So mm -hmm. if you don't like kombucha, you're going to love John. Um, yeah, one and thing so I want to just, yeah. And, and uh, to lean in on this because what's all, what's also amazing is I think the taste just it has a better taste profile to me than like traditional kombucha, right? Because traditional kombucha has that kind of people have experienced it. Um, it's kind of polarizing. It's kind of vinegary. It's sharp. Um, it could be a little, you know, it's just very sharp and can be very strong unless it's actually formulated well. And that's why I don't really like most kombuchas. I mean, I there's one to two brands I drink and one of them is yours. And uh, oh, so I you. think like honey just makes that a really nice undertone of taste it's pleasant anyone can drink it it's like a very mainstream kind of taste that anyone can get into so i thought it was brilliant that not only is it healthy but it also just tastes universally really good it's easy to drink well thank you it's and i agree i think that's one of the reasons i was gravitating towards john versus uh traditional kombucha yeah, you don't have to worry about the SCOBY either, right? <laughs> so one less thing to worry about. 
Yeah. No, you do. The scobies are pretty so much the same. Oh, so still in there. Um, okay. I got I, that's that's oh, my bad. Yeah. So scobies. No, the scobies weigh like three hundred pounds. They're they're ridiculous. Oh wow. I okay, mean, they're so you, beautiful. So you include the scoby. Uh, so you have the mushroom in there. It creates the the, the bacteria. Mm -hmm. And instead of sugar, you're using honey. And is it is it like a lower sugar item versus like other brands that are using sugar or what is the macronutrient? Um, it's about the same, but the the best part about it is uh, the honey is is assimilated by the body more like a whole food versus sugar, which really spikes uh, your blood. Honey is really considered a whole food, and it has a lot of amino acids in it. It's it's super healthful for the body versus sugar. So I never feel guilty drinking wild tonic, but if I drink a normal kombucha, I always kind of I don't know. I, I kind of feel like I'm partaking in sugar and that that's a put off for me. Yeah, exactly. Because I think I remember for those like, you know, that are really into kombucha and, and you remember this like several years ago, I think it was like four years ago, five years ago, there was like class action lawsuits against like GTs and health aid and because the, the amount of sugar on right. their bottle was like not accurate. Mm -hmm. Right. And so because they claimed that when the sugar goes in, it ferments and the sugar kind of goes away as it ferments and the bacteria is eating the sugar and all that. And that creates good bacteria. Yeah. But like there's way more sugar in these drinks. There's like 16 to 20 grams of pure like sugar from the fermentation. And you're right. I definitely don't feel as good versus having something like like honey for the production mm -hmm. side, the production side. Like uh, we talked offline, you do all your own manufacturing. So uh, we I'm do. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's actually probably it's probably <laughs> no, better. It's actually you, you have full control over everything. And like with kombucha, mm -hmm. it's hard to have someone else do it. But tell us how you got into just doing your own manufacturing. How difficult was it to get all the machinery and, and the setup and the infrastructure? Like walk us through that that journey of setting up to make the product? Well, it, it was pretty epic. So um, there, are, there are no books on how to make kombucha on a commercial level. So I started out by um, buying a, a, a brewery's um, setup from Hood River, Oregon, all of the, all of the used equipment from a brewery and called Thunder Island Brewery in Hood River. And they had outgrown their equipment, so I bought it. It was like turn of the century soup kettle and all of this, you know, really funky um, stainless steel equipment. But I thought, okay, we've got to start. So um, we bought their system, brought it to Cottonwood, Arizona, started in a tiny little um, 3,000 square foot um, building that I was renting. And, you know, that's, that's where it started. And we learned all about, um, you know, just the, you know, how to make it taste good. And it was, you know, trial by, by error, really. Every month we learned something new and we make small improvements here and small improvements there. And then at a certain point when the company grew to a, a size big enough to justify it, we were able to hire um, some true professionals in beverage science. And um, one of my most amazing hires, uh, Jim Sanders, from he was one of three people that ran Wild Turkey Distillery. And he's a master brewer, master distiller. 
he just is a science mind when it comes to um, beverage. And so he works with my Chris and together they make an amazing team and um, they, if there's an issue or a challenge, they research it, they figure it out. Um, we're always adding new equipment. We're always improving our processes. And, you know, it's, um, it's very much an art. And I really, um, you know, I really give credit to my team who brews every day and, and has dialed it in. And then Dale, my, C, uh, my CEO, he ran Coca-Cola's largest facility on the, um, on the West Coast for a decade. So I've got all this beverage background at the brewery and that really does help things go smoothly. It's, um, but it hasn't been without a lot of trial and error. Yeah, I can only imagine there's, this could be a four hour podcast, just listening to all the stories of how you got to where you are today <laughs> with the product and the formula. And a lot of people, you know, customers, especially people that are just consumers going out and buying the product, they don't realize how hard it is to, you know, bring a product from ideation to getting it bottled, to formulating it, to branding it, uh, picking out the colors and getting it labeled, getting it on the shelf, like that whole thing, getting it in the Whole Foods or natural grocers. Um, oh, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's so hard. And what you've done beyond just mm -hmm. the production side, but building a brand is also like nothing short of amazing. So yeah, you're, you're so great at what you're doing. And I really support like the fact that you're growing and have a great product. And I want you to be like, continue to be successful with this because you deserve it because you work so hard and you have such a great product. And that comes from the heart because I'm a big wow. fan. So thank so, you so much, Alex. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So with distribution, right, getting in the stores, we talked about it also offline, but there's this thing called shrinkflation that I want to bring up on this show mm -hmm. where it's brands that are looking to keep the price point the same by lowering the size of their product. Um, and that's something that, you know, a lot of brands have done. The big brands, Frito-Lays has done it. Coca-Cola has done it. You know, Gatorade, which I think is owned by Coke. So um, tell us about your experience having to do this given just rising costs in supply chain. Oh, yeah. Well, we did lower the price of our drink as well. So we feel like, you know, we're giving the consumer maybe a better drinking experience because we were finding that the 16 ounce was just it, the shipping was so incredibly expensive to get it to the east coast it was um, cost prohibitive and we were having stores um, major chains decide oh we can't carry wild tonic because it's just too expensive to ship it here because the bottle was so heavy mm -hmm. so the 16 ounce bottle became a 12 ounce bottle and a lighter weight and now all of a sudden those same chains can carry our drink again and provide it to customers on the East Coast. So it was really a shipping dilemma more than any other um, issue that we decided to change the size. And also consumers, we were getting feedback, um, drank most of the drink, but then they would have a quarter of it left and that was irritating. So providing a can with 12 ounce size and a bottle with a 12 ounce size just seemed like it was giving the consumer what they wanted. So uh, the transition from the 16 ounce to the 12 ounce was very painful because you have to pull, pull from the stores and reset it in with mm -hmm. the 
with the new size format, but it's been super popular and very well received by our consumer base. Yeah, I thought it was definitely, you know, there's no, no bullshit on this show. If it wasn't a good idea, I would say it straight on the show, but it was a really, really good <laughs> idea to do this. Um, because I remember when I would, you know, all the time I buy this, that was buying the 16 ounce and it was just hard to finish because no matter what kombucha is hard to finish because you're not drinking it like water. You're kind of nursing it a little bit at a time, either with food or as a refreshment. And so, but the one thing I do remember though, is that your drink, when, if I drank, let's say three quarters of it and the 16 ounce left it in the car and it got hot or warmed up. It still tasted yeah. good. It still yeah. tasted good. Like like honey, for whatever, the formula that you have with the honey, when it warms up, it like the sweetness yeah. just comes out even more. So I didn't mind it. Like I could drink it cold or hot versus right other on. kombuchas. It becomes more vinegary and fermented. It just, it becomes not as palatable when it gets hot or something. So at least you have that going for you that if someone leaves it out, it still tastes good. <laughs> so. So cool. So you, you did the transition. Yeah, exactly. So you did the transition. You're at 399. Uh, what retailers are you in currently? And you also have a hard, hard, I keep on saying hard alcohol, a hard kombucha line mm -hmm. as well. So tell us more about your distribution and also um, about the, the hard line. So right now, um, actually Safeway is one of our biggest chains on the West Coast and Whole Foods as well, uh, and natural grocers. So yes, we do have a lot of great chains on the West Coast, but, um, and Sprouts. So I would say that Safeway is probably does the most volume because their price point is very favorable. Um, they're actually still in the ounce for the next probably six months to eight months, and then they'll transition to the 12 ounce. Um, Safeway also just started carrying a new um, product, which is a 8% ABV in a can. We have a ridiculous prickly pear that we had a competition with our team, like, let's go out and harvest as much prickly pear as we can and um, process it and make a prickly pear flavor. So it's all wild crafted um, prickly pear from America. And it's just a, a beautiful um, color, but it's only in the 8% ABV. And that Safeway just started carrying that, um, and it's flying off the shelf. It's doing really well. And it's being sold with a, a um, blackberry lavender flavor. So uh, the two come together in a four-pack, and that started hitting the shelves at Safeway. And then um, Whole Foods also carries an amazing selection of um, both the alcohol and the non-alc. Um, I don't know, uh, in California, your chains are a little bit different than us. I think uh, Air One is also a good chain, California. And cool. Trader Joe's started carrying here in Arizona too. So we're, oh, wow. we're in a lot of different chains. That's great, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's uh, the company has oh, grown. and Costco. And Costco, wow. Yeah. Which Costco region are you in? Yeah. Well, um, we're now just setting into Arizona. Nevada, and I believe Colorado for Costco, but um, we don't hit California Costco until sometime in August. Okay, great. Yeah, I think it's just, it's a product that can go into mainstream. That's what's so good about it is like, it doesn't have to be just a natural. Everyone understands it. It tastes really good. I think the biggest thing is it tastes really good, and that's going to get the mainstream consumer 
that goes to a Safeway or goes to a Costco. So that's what makes your brand, I think, so great versus other kombuchas that can be pretty strong and like not appealing to the masses. So yeah, so great work. Um, big. I wish we can talk longer. We're running out of time, but just such a big congratulations. And, you know, when I, because it's funny, we have an administrator that books our interviews, right? And so I didn't know that I was going to be interviewing you until recently, you know, and then like when I was heading into the studio, <laughs> it's like, and then I asked you, I'm like, well, you're, you're with what it's wild tonic. Like the drink I've been, I've been like buying for like <laughs> six years. So it's like, That's it just awesome. really made me, it's like so exciting to be on here with you and hear the whole, the whole story behind it. So, um, but let's get into our next well, segment, which is for sure. Same here. Next segment is rapid fire questions. Rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, so have you seen like other episodes and how this works or no? <laughs> I, I, I intentionally did not watch other episodes because I don't want to be like, I don't know, have an impression or a preconceived notion. Right. I try you just to go, go into, into interviews it fresh. Just like, yeah. so he can be authentic and not like expect things to happen. Well, this is, it's good. You have not watched any other episodes because this is as off the cuff as it gets. We're going to go through a bunch of different questions and you're just going to answer the first thing that comes to your mind. That's it. So, okay. So you're in the hot seat. It's not even that hot. It's like the medium, the warm seat. So Luke, oh, it's seat. hot here in Arizona. It's hot. Yeah. I guess it is the hot seat. All right. So let's go through and answer them as quickly as you can. First question for music, which decade is the best, the seventies, eighties, or nineties? Oh, uh, definitely the seventies. What do you do for exercise? Pilates. Movie you can watch an unlimited amount of times. Wait, say that again? A movie you can watch an unlimited amount of times. Oh, um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The old one or the new one? The old one. Yeah, the new, the new <laughs> one. The new one sucks, to be honest. Uh, Johnny Depp. He's not popular right now. All right, uh, chocolate or vanilla? Mm, vanilla. Favorite country to travel to? Ooh. Hmm. Greece. Favorite Star Wars character? Hmm. R2-D2. Nice. What is your spirit? I just, I knew for some reason you were, were going to pick that. Like smart, humble, <laughs> and like very, very technical, like hands-on, right? He can like shut down an entire sh ship with just, you know. <laughs> What is your what is your spirit animal? Hmm. I would say a lion. I agree with that. Do you like to drive an SUV, a coupe, or a truck? Oh, a coupe. For food, salty or sweet? I think I know the answer, but salty. Okay, salty. Okay, so it's because you got the sweet from the the John kombucha, and you have the you know the salty from the food. Cool. <laughs> It's a good balance. Uh, favorite day of the week and why? I would say Sunday because I've already relaxed all day on Saturday. Cool. And, and I love Sundays. Yeah. Who doesn't? Uber or Lyft? Uber. And uh, the greatest of all time in basketball, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, or Kobe Bryant? Oh, I would say... 
say those again. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I would say um, probably Le- LeBron James. Yeah. And then uh, no. I don't, no, I don't it's know. it's the if- middle one. The middle one. You mean Michael, the guy, the guy, that that guy, Michael Jordan, yes. that guy. Yeah. Yes, Michael Jordan. The I would guy say who's the like the best player favorite. and all that. And, so, you know, here's something, something you don't know about me is I don't watch television and I haven't since college. So I'm a little bit um, stunted in growth when it comes to television. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a bad thing. 99% of it is trash. Um, I can attest to that. So I don't watch TV at all either. <laughs> All right, so I watch movies, but not TV because it's trash. Um, even when I watch like Shark Tank and I see the commercials, I'm like, how can people watch this shit? Like, it's just it's so overstimulation and like fast food and prescription drugs and all this. Anyway, I don't want to get started. Terminator exactly. One or Terminator Two? If you watch those movies, I would say Terminator One. So a lot of these answers are because I probably saw I stopped watching television after Terminator One and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Got it. So a little bit of yeah, it's, uh, vintage old school movies. Totally. That's yeah. that's good. Yeah. Movies that are old are actually good. Favorite food or drink? If you're stuck on a deserted island, you cannot say Genius Juice and you cannot say Wild Tonic. Oh my goodness! Okay, I would have to say avocados. I love avocados. Yeah, they're just healthy and and I'm so <laughs> sweet. <laughs> Pretty All right, simple. well that that is rapid fire questions with Holly, right. founder of Wild Tonic Jun, <laughs> not June Jun. I learned that on this episode. Jun kombucha, which is infused with honey, um, and it's a fermented, amazing kombucha, and there's also a hard kombucha. If people want to buy your product, can they buy it on your website or is it only in stores? No, they can buy it on the website. Um, the, the alcohol, only in Arizona can we ship our alcohol, but with the non-alc, we do ship nationwide now. Okay, perfect. So make sure to go to her website. Is it wildtoniccombucha.com or what's the website? Just wildtonic.com. How the hell did you get that name? That's a really That's really great that you got that. Wow. Yeah, it was. It cost a little bit of money and some negotiating, but yeah, um, not much. Good. I mean, I'm. I'm the gods are smiling on it for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a really good name. So I'm glad that you got it without having to pay like you know, two hundred thousand dollars to some greedy person parking it on it for. A well, long your time. your name, Genius Smoothies. And I mean, that's that's beautiful too. I don't know how you got that. Yeah, we, we have uh, GeniusJuice.com, which uh, we did have to pay for. It wasn't immaculate, but, you know, Genius Juice, the people that owned it were actually thinking of doing a vape company, like a juice, like something oh, you wow. smoke. So it wasn't the person that got our domain before we bought it from them. They were going in the vape, which is kind of funny. I'm like, you oh, know, wow. and there's also like an artist. I think there's an artist called Genius Juice as well, like a rapper <laughs> or Genius World or okay, whatever. that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So genius juice means tonic. different things. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting because Wild Tonic, our domain was owned by a music person too. So interesting. Wild music Tonic. Yeah, I could see that being yeah. like a musician's name or a band name, like Wild Tonic, nee, 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 you know, like Pink Floyd, like kind of <laughs> hippy dippy Wild Tonic. I could see that happening. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Holly, on yeah. episode 144. Um, love chatting with you and uh, just continue kicking ass out there. Love your product. I'm going to go buy that 12 ounce, which is on the shelf, and at Sprouts or Whole yeah. Foods. So, but have a wonderful night. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Alex.
All right. So that is, again, episode 144, 15 Minutes of Genius. Big plug to Mark Nicholas, Mark N, at ManhattanBeachStudios.net. Everything's right down there on the bottom if you want to reach out to him for whatever, podcasting, photos, video. He does photography in-house right here, and it's amazing. So make sure to reach out to him. Uh, so I think that is it for today, and we will see you next time. And one last thing, stay wild and genius, my friend. Genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you.